Welcome to this episode of Intuitate Radio. This is Relationship Insight with an intuitive twist. Twisty like a twisty cone in the summertime. Like a twisty, like you're not vanilla, you're not chocolate, you're a twist cone. No, that's twisty. Yeah. <laughs> we are twisted, I think, a little bit. Especially Chinese snakes from last week. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh my goodness, I've been thinking about that uh, since the last show. Really? Yeah, That's obsessive yeah. like a snake would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I am a medium and intuitive dating expert, Marissa Liza Pell, and we have our lovely Summer Lifestyle Series guest co-host in the house, and you just couldn't stay away, could you? Oh, I'm back for more. J.D. Franco, back for more. Yeah, Thanks for was, having me. It was supposed to be just a two-week stint, and you uh, you uh, managed to be on the undercurrent and get your way on again. I impressed you, obviously. You did. You did. <laughs> you did impress me. You, 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 know, you played off well, and I, and I think that it's meant to be, oh, as Intuitate Radio chose you. It just feels so right. The, uh, the higher beings, uh, you know, decided. Who, who am I to deny the ascended masters? You, you, and especially the shaman. You can't deny it. She yeah, went into I, the underworld and she said, hey, he's supposed to be here again. Goodness. She had me thinking a great deal, you know, right from the moment I left here to, uh, yeah, she she was a wonderful, wonderful guest, Lisa. Yeah, she was. Lisa I'll, I'll be listening to that show again myself. Owlmedicine.com, your shamanic healer. Mm. So today, you know, I have we have a lot of interesting listeners on this show, mm -hmm. and it's into a date. So we we mainly focused on, uh, you know, men and women dating issues. Mm -hmm. But some of my gay listeners are like, "Hey, you got to do a gay into a date." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? We do. Yes, indeed. Very so, appropriate. Very appropriate. And there's so many topics that I find fascinating about the gay culture. And mm -hmm. you know, I think people, you know, it, it, as as far as what is what is gay? What is straight? Mm -hmm. People want to put them in a box, just like, okay, well, either you're straight or gay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. from what I've seen through friends of mine, through, you know, through just living life, it seems like there's a different continuum, that, that there's different shades of gray here. Oh, goodness. Many, many subtle levels within yeah. that community. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the stereotype before was maybe all bathhouses and gay bars. I don't know what right. the stereotype was. I never adhered to it. But you know, in the community in which I live, there are lesbian couples with little kids in, on the Little League field, you know, and they're sitting there next to us in the bleachers. So, yeah, there are many, many, many subtle levels, as many as there are in regular society. That has been right. my experience. And then there's bisexual, which is completely, you know, there's so many different areas of this. And it's like, well, does bisexuality mean that you can be in a relationship with another man or woman? Or does it just mean it's a sexual situation? Or if you're gay, does it mean... Well, I like to have, you know, intimate relations with, you know, the same sex or is it I'm in love with the same sex? Mm -hmm. There's so many questions to be had. And you actually had a friend that you actually sat down and asked these questions to at one point because you were so like wondering, like, what is this? What is this about? And what did, did you find yeah. out? So it, it was late in high school and um, I had I was spending the entire summer down at the beach, down at the Jersey Shore. And I worked at a cheesesteak place, you know, a pizza place. And there was a local house, you know, a, a bunch of the workers there all lived together in a house. They went to a school in New York. And they were having a big party one night and we were all over there having a great time. And I happened to be sitting on the pullout bed with one of the fellas that lived in the house who mm -hmm. happened to be gay. And, you know, it began getting late and, you know, people all around us began passing out. And after a while, it was just he and I, you know, sitting there. And I said, listen, Corey. 
can I just ask you everything that I've always wanted to ask a gay person but never had the opportunity? And he said, sure. You know, we were fun-loving guys. And it was really that conversation that was a terrific turning point for me. Because, what did you learn in that conversation? What kind of questions did you ask? Well, the first, well, building off of what you just said, yeah. one of the first things that I ask a person who is gay is to talk about the first time that they recognized that they were in love with a person of the same gender. Mm -hmm. You know, the sex thing isn't as intriguing to me. I mean, you know, people are into wild stuff when it comes to sex. People like shoes, people like being tied up, blah, blah, blah. Right. So. The sex thing, uh, I don't know, I guess I just sort of lump in with other fetishes, perhaps. Yeah, because you like Moonlight as a dominatrix or something like that. Yeah, I do, yeah. but I, I think we agreed that you weren't going to say that <laughs> yeah. on the air, and uh, right, during yeah. the commercial, you and a I are going to have a talk about that. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but so, it, is, it is the love thing. It's the love thing. So what you found by talking to some people was it, it really had to do with more of, you know, that love that you feel in fifth grade, like... Right. I have a crush. Right, right. I miss this person. On a person of the same gender. That, okay. That's the question that I like to ask people who are gay. That is the most intriguing part of it. And because of that conversation, anytime I've had a similar conversation with someone who is gay, I make it a point to ask that question. And they're, you know, always, well, not, you know, usually forthcoming with, uh, with that information. The other thing I'd like to ask is about the first time that they tell their parents. And that's what I asked uh, this young man uh, Back in school, back in, uh, you know, down at the beach there. Yeah. And what did he say? Well, he, you know, he didn't have a, uh, as rough a time as other people said. He said when he told his dad, his dad's first reaction was, okay, you know, that actor, is that guy gay? You know, that singer, <laughs> is that guy gay? And he said, dad, I'm not some card carrying member of some group now. You know? Yeah. You know, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that. It's just that. funny so, how people see it. But like, yeah. there, I, I've, I found that I know a lot of people with different continuums where they're mm -hmm. not in either of those boxes. Mm -hmm. They're not just gay or mm -hmm. straight. Mm -hmm. They've had sexual experiences or experiences with the same sex, but don't consider themselves gay mm -hmm. or consider themselves emotionally gay, but not sexually gay. Like mm -hmm. I, I found that there are just like so many different aspects of it that it gets confusing for people, I think, because of all the labels. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? But today is going to be an interesting show because not only do we have a special guest in the studio, and I'd love to introduce him. His name is Dr. R. <laughs> Hello there. How are you today? Good. Welcome, Dr. R. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. And what I find fascinating about Dr. R is that he was engaged to a woman, and he was about to be married, and he is now gay. Okay? Now, I this is something that's a hot topic for me. Okay? I Why have, is that? No, not, not Dr. R. I think he's wonderful and beautiful. And let, <laughs> let me just say something about Dr. R before we move forward. Okay? I met Dr. R at Hibachi years ago uh -huh. and i'm sitting there and you know he's a good looking guy okay mm -hmm. and i'm looking across and i'm oh, checking him out and <laughs> it's over like the the volcanic onions and it was just like this perfect <laughs> like moment in hibachi and he was like all the way over at the other table and i'm thinking like he's giving me the eye i'm thinking we're connecting you know the 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 bubble of romantic energy is going around me and i'm sure that this connection has happened and then i find out that, you know, he's home with his boyfriend. His boyfriend's like, that girl was checking you out. Actually, he was sitting right next to me. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't even notice, but uh, he, he was the one He didn't notice I was looking he at noticed. him. He, he, but his boyfriend noticed. His boyfriend, my boyfriend was the one who said, I think she's checking you out. And uh, I kind of <laughs> laughed because 
I'm a little uh, naive to those situations sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, it was kind of funny how... He pointed that out and I was like, nah, she's just, there's something behind me, a clock or something. <laughs> a spirit but, in my uh, case. <laughs> how, how did he point it out? Did he say, are you sharing a moment with that woman over the volcanic he onions? No. <laughs> well, he got jealous. He was, uh, we're, we're very discreet about things. Um, uh-huh. And he just kind of, at one point, kind of turned to me, whispered something to me, but uh, it was very discreet. So mm-hmm. after that, I kind of like would look over to see if uh, Marissa was giving in any signals but like i said i was i was like literally staring him down like staring at him stalking him from across like like across the pork fried rice it was a a smile the the the, you know whisking back of the hair (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know i flirted that well but thank you so now now uh Dr. R and I, he's like my, uh, you know, we go to weddings and stuff where we're our, we come across as the couple going to the weddings, That's, right? You're, you're the best wedding date I've ever had. You're my beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the issue I have, okay? And you know, I, you know, I love everybody. I am not judgmental about anybody's choices. But what I do have an issue with is the men who are gay that get married, that know they're gay and have children and they marry a woman knowing that they are not straight. That's that's a big hot button for me because I've had some friends go through that and it's yeah, it's, that's it's a tough for people. Situation. Yeah. So the whole the whole beard thing, I don't know. That's that's tough. But before <laughs> I'm we only teasing I know, them. but I still I still love you. You know I still love you. So before we get into that, I want to introduce our other guest co host for today and his name is Xander Gibb and he's the uh He's the host of Xandermonium, a big time blog talk radio show. He interv- and he interviews lots of celebrities, authors, and he is also gay. So I'd like to bring him online. Hello. Uh, hi. Where did you get this accent? Um, I don't know. It just came out. You know, I never know until my mouth opens what's going to come out of it. Oh, good. Well, I'm you so just glad. outed me on the radio. Nobody knew, Marissa. Nobody. Did I just do something wrong? No, I'm I just know. joking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grass knows that I'm gay. So. Yes. Well, we, I, I mean, fine. we just, we're, we're in this discussion and, uh, you know, I'm fascinated by Dr. R's situation and I wanted to ask him a couple questions because I think it's fascinating. Like you have been with women before. And correct. So up until, uh, how old were you when you got engaged? Um, it was close to, I think, 29. So almost 30, yeah, 30 years of your 30. life. And at that point, you, at all those years, you had no idea. Um, not that I had no idea, but it was what I was exposed to all the time. It was, um, you know, I did have an interest in women. Um, and I just thought typically what you always see growing up is heterosexual couples, uh, getting married, family, friends, cousins, etc. Now you're Cuban, correct? Yes. So isn't the culture uh, a little bit different than, you know, as far as the the macho, like, isn't there a different stigma than it is in kind of like more American culture when it comes to Cuban? I just think in today's society, just everyone's very macho. I mean, yes, the Cuban society is a little bit more macho, but I think in general, I mean, look, I grew up in the U.S. here and I think everyone in general is very masculine and you were talking about how people get married and have gay tendencies. I just think it's a society thing where people people don't want to um, admit it. And if uh, they were allowed to admit it, it would be um, it would be a different world. Mm. Yeah, but cheating's cheating, though. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Totally agree. You know, you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if it's a man or woman or, you know. And Xander, do you agree with me on this? I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, absolutely, I do. And I, and I, I, I agree uh, with Dr. R about, you know, we are, as we grow up, we're kind of like pushed, pushed towards societal norms. So when we are or feel anything that's not part of that societal norm, I think we get a little bit scared. And sometimes we run towards it and other times we kind of like run away from it and hide totally. Um, and whilst I agree with you about the, uh, the thing about gay men getting married and, and having kids and stuff like that, now I, I understood that, I could have understand that a lot more like 20, 30 years ago, but you know, it, and it is easier to come out now than it ever was. My, my niece is kind of uh, 18 and just left school in the UK and she had like four other, four gay kids in her class. So and, and they were openly gay and stuff. But to go and get married in this day and age to please other people is, for me, it, it's a bit sad, really, that people have to go to those lengths for whatever reason. I'm not condoning it. I think that there are lots of reasons behind why people do this. Now, you had a situation you, you and I had talked about prior about a man like approaching you in a bar and your reaction to that when he told you. Can you yeah, tell us about um, that? We were both kind of into each other, and before it went anywhere, he told me he was married, and I, I was like, I'm out of here, I'm gone. And he couldn't understand why that was a big no-no for me. You see, I think there are a lot of generalizations about gay people, and a lot of people think that gay people will, you know, just will sleep with anybody, but, but you know, most of us are, are quite moral. And faced with this situation of, of sleeping with someone that was married, you know, even if they'd said, hey, I have a boyfriend, Xander, that, that kind of is, you know, the signal for me to back off. Because, you know, if you're with someone, even if you've got the, uh, the permission of the other person, I don't really want to be there. Because to me, it just, it starts to get too messy. And there is a moral implication to all this, too. And I think that everyone's morals are different. But just for me, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want anything to, to do with it. It doesn't work for me. It might for someone else, but I'm not going there. Yeah, that's noble. Yeah, and um, it's, it's that you, it shows your character. Mm -hmm. and, and you're, you know, because there's cheating in every, there's cheating in straight, there's cheating, I mean, married people who have affairs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't believe what I hear as a, as a, you know, a psychic medium. It's like people tell me more than they tell their therapist, and I, I have to be expected to be totally objective. Yeah. Like, oh! You're on your second affair, but you're still obsessed with your first affair, but you're still married to your husband who's financially supporting you. Oh, yeah, okay. Time to change your underwear. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Change something. Yeah. You said the culture that you grew up in, this was just what, what it was, what you saw, what you grew up with. At 29, you have a ring on somebody's finger. Were you sure at that point when you got engaged that this is the one? Were you in love? Were you sexually satisfied? Most definitely. Um, both counts. Uh, in my heart, I felt it. And in my pants, I felt it also. <laughs> wow. So, so, well said. So would you consider yourself bisexual then? I did at the time. Mm -hmm. I did at the time consider myself as bisexual. Or a short time after that. And you don't anymore? No, no. Now, now I'm definitely on the gay side. Okay. <laughs> and so what? tell me about the moment that this shifted for you and how you had to present this uh, to this woman that was going to marry you. Well, I actually wasn't even 100% sure of myself. What ended up happening was I started to, let's say, 
work out and get in better shape. And I was admiring other guys in the gym and I didn't know if it was, okay, I just want to be like that person as far as physically, or was it that I was attracted to them? And I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So at one point I ended up dabbling a little on the side mm -hmm. and it was kind of interesting. So I put a stop to the, to the engagement because I thought to myself, is this a fad? Is this a thing that's just going to go away or am I going to get tired of it? Instead, afterwards, I started realizing, geez, I think I like this a little bit more. Mm. And as I said, I was pleased with women. It was great having sex with women. But at the same time, the feeling with men, it was just a little bit more um, exciting. So you're you're talking about more on the sexual end, not the love and emotional end that we were talking about in the beginning of the show. It definitely started as as the sexual, um, and for quite some time, I kind of felt like I was making up for lost time when I was uh, with hmm. men, and I actually thought for a while that I was not going to be dating anyone because this what I grew up with was a monogamous family, a monogamous society. And I saw that in the gay world, it really wasn't as monogamous as I thought it would have been. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised that there are some people out there that are totally into monogamy. And when I did find that person, that there was um, that special beat in my heart for. And the interest in that person, not only sexually, but um, your feelings. Then I was like, okay, this is a person I want to date. This is a person I actually thought um, I would spend the rest of my life with. This is a man. Yes. So how was the relate? How was the uh, comparison between the love you felt for the woman and the love you felt for the man? Hmm. Was there any difference? You know what? To a certain extent, there wasn't. I in wow. my heart, in my heart, I felt. You know, there's a difference between loving your parents, your brothers and sisters, and mm -hmm. and your significant other. And I felt this love for my fiance, but at the same time, when I started dating my first boyfriend, I felt that love as well. And I would, I could say that it was equally satisfying. Wow. See, see, now Xander, now, this confuses me because it it's seems, love. It's love. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you feel love, your, your love for like i said your yeah. parents your siblings but it's not in love right it's not falling in love is it with a woman no i thought i i think i fell in love i i felt i fell in love um i there was an attraction i wouldn't have gone down that road if 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 i wasn't into it yeah i i guess from the from you're different than a lot of the people i've talked to Okay, so there's they're like, okay, yeah, you know, I I loved the women I dated like sisters, but when I loved a man, it was more of that deeper. There was there was a deeper connection. It felt, yeah, um, you know, you can talk about the you know spooning after sex uh, right. with a man and or a woman, and yeah, they they both felt good, but I just felt a stronger connection. So, okay. you know, so you're talking about intuidate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you definitely, there, there was, something there felt was right deep, deep down. Something felt a little bit better with the man than it did with the woman. So when, not to say that it wasn't a deep love for a woman, right? but it was just, it felt a little extra special when I was with the man. Okay. So, cause a lot of the people I've talked to, it was like a very strong difference. You know, with you, it seems like it's a little more on 
I got, a, I got a big heart. I could love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, Great I, it's, answer. That was it's awesome. sounding to me like maybe like if you had such an equal experience, which is just a little bit more with the man that, I mean, why would you totally cut out dating women again? I know that's, that's such a, but since you've had all these both experiences and both just plain devil's advocate. It, it like I said, there's yeah. just, there's just this little sixth sense that, it's mm, a okay. little bit better with uh, with the man, uh, more comfortable. Okay. And even though in today's society, it's uncomfortable going out in public with uh, a partner, boyfriend, or whatever, because, you know, you can't hold hands in the street in most places. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's very, very limited areas where, uh, or locations, state, cities and states that you could do that. And even in some of those cities and states, you know, they're, they're, they're racial... Um, racial beatings and uh, yeah you know, right it's it's sad that in new york city for example that uh, that there are people who get get abused mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you know things thrown at etc or even racial remarks mm-hmm. or you know yeah, the, the societal pressures are so yeah. fascinating to me i mean yeah. they, they range from expectations to hard looks to physical violence like you're like you're talking about i mean my goodness, that that's that's intriguing to me. The societal pressures, right? And now, Xander, your experiences with women were a little bit different, right? Than than what uh, Doctor R is talking about. Yeah, um, I mean, I I dated girls, you know, through high school and and growing up. I mean, I, most of my friends throughout my life have been, you know, predominantly female. But I've had sexual experiences with with women. But I think for me, it was it was more a twofold thing. Primarily, I, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of 10 children. I have five brothers and four sisters, and all, my, all of my brothers are kind of like Jack the Lads and, you know, notches <laughs> on the bedpost kind of thing. And I think that we, we kind of, uh, we look to our oldest siblings as to how to behave and, and what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I was already very, I already felt very different growing up anyway. And so I did date girls, but I but it was more for kind of like outward appearances because coming out in the 70s and 80s and being openly gay was not was not a very popular thing to do. You know, you would get beaten up whether you liked it or not. And secondarily, for me, there was an aspect. Um, I, I come from a pretty religious family. My my mom is a Jew. My my father was kind of like a Catholic, but but, but very lapsed. And when I was a teenager, my mother uh, changed totally and became a Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witness. So it became very, very kind of like religious. And it was, a, it was a very odd switch for me. So the religious side of it, and I always had this religiosity um, that kind of threatened my sexuality. And it messed up my head for quite a long time. But, but that was one of the reasons why I kind of started dating girls to kind of like, prove this, this ideology that, you know, I could be straight. But, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. I'm just a very good actor. Yeah. You know, I was able to pretend that, you know, I could brag to my brothers and say, yeah, I slept with this girl and did X, Y, and Z, and her breasts were beautiful. And, and I don't know, just even looking back, just some of the ways that I would describe things to my brothers were just, like, totally gay. And I'm surprised they didn't, like, see through it but for me it was a totally trying you know because i was obviously describing women and women in such you know beautiful artistic ways and 
you know, I, I, I mm. love women, you know, like I said, most of my friends are women. And, you know, I, I, most of my dates are, are, are with women. But we just don't sleep together, you know. So you didn't I have the same, like... Men, go on, sorry. You didn't have the same sexual satisfaction that Dr. R is talking about, like what he, his experience was. No, not yeah. really. No. I, mean, I, I mean, you know, without getting too graphic, if, when I had sex with a woman, I was actually thinking about a guy. Okay. Because, because <laughs> girls just don't, they don't get do it for that you. excited yeah. without going too graphic. Okay. Um, well, it just does nothing for me at okay. all. You know, I can, I can actually, like, well, like if I'm out with, with straight friends and someone says, someone says, oh, look, doesn't she have beautiful breasts? I can say, yeah, they're gorgeous, but I don't want to touch them. I don't want to do anything to them. We're going to meditate on that. I realized how different you both were. So on the gay spectrum, your experiences are different. The way you see things are different. The way you're turned on is different. 100% correct. And yeah. in, in, in regular society, there are so many different spectrums between each one of us here in, in the room. And the same thing happens in the gay society. In fact, sometimes it's, it's a little tough to see from my point of view how we want to be accepted into regular society. But even sometimes amongst ourselves, as he said, there are, there are different extremes. Mm -hmm. uh, anything from feminine to masculine to what they call bears. What? So, What's a bear? <laughs> uh, I'm a bear, Marissa. Uh, you're a bear. Well, you you look like a cuddly cuddly guy. I mean, you look like somebody who wants to give he's you a, a hug. He's a teddy bear. <laughs> what What's a bear? Uh, bear is a bigger, more masculine, uh, hairy, hairy guy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you have, and even within the bears, you have the muscle bears, which are very strong, uh, <laughs> muscle guys, hairy, not trimmed. Um, not and, trimmed like down there, uh, not trimmed in, anywhere, anywhere. Oh. anywhere. Um, hairy backs <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, there, do you call to, them care bears? Um, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> definitely not. That would be too. That would be too gay, Marissa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Give me some other. Give me some other categories. So, everything uh, for the, the twinks, what? which are the very thin, um, thin young boys, um, very smooth. Uh, what else, Xander? Help me out here. Chub, chubs and chasers. I mean, there are, there are so many different echelons in this. Uh, what? In, in in the gay community. There, there are chubs and chasers. That, that's like uh, people who like big guys. What else are there? I mean, it, it, it goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. There are even, you know, there are even bars that cater for all these different kinds of uh, tastes and likes. Uh, Is that right? In, in the gay community, correct. And and as a uh, as we were saying before about wanting to be accepted into like regular society. I mean, I mean, sometimes I see within the gay society, it's like, ah, uh, the, the bears don't want to hang out with the twinks. Or, <laughs> and and it's, it's almost kind of sad. And, yeah, it's kind of like even, a gay snobbery almost. I'm, I'm even, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Xander, but, um, you know, I just want to even throw in the lesbians. Sometimes yep. the lesbians and the gays don't mix. Really? Yeah. There's Why? a little bit of that. Who knows? Um, there's there's so many. What about reasons. these drag queens? Like, why would a man want to be with a man who looked like a woman? Uh, if you like men, an, another another um, society, uh, transgenders as well. That where do you know where you every, fit in? It's so difficult to figure it out. Out, you think gay figuring out your gay is hard enough, but you want to be a bear, a twink, or a chub? Like what? Like where I, do you? I think it's, where do you draw the line with these categories? It, it, I don't think you choose 
Yeah. I think it's somewhat chosen for you. <laughs> so people so, label you a twink. So a once again, Xander said he's a bear. I I am not that hairy, so <laughs> I cannot fall into the bear category. Yet yeah. if I go to a bear bar, they might be like, <laughs> what's this guy doing here? I've, I, I've been called an, I think, an otter. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Because otter? I've got, otter? Cubs are, are, are kind of like smaller. I, I always I have to laugh at the, the, the like the animals that that they're based on in, in this kind of like subgroup, you know, bears, otters, cubs, you know, what next, raccoons? <laughs> Wait, what's an otter? And I, I, aren't Asians or Asians called pandas? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, if that's not a discriminatory enough, kind of like terminologies and stuff like that, there are like. Uh, and if a, if a if a gay guy likes Asian men, they refer to them as rice queens. I mean, it's, it's very derogatory, but I don't know. It's it, it's a very deep pool. Uh, yeah. Like. I mean, what? Well, it's great that there are so many recognized. You know, it's almost like you say baseball, and it's a very general term for a sport with many many different position players. You know, there's an outfielder, a catcher, blah blah blah. So you know. Well, well, J- JD just brought it over to the street side. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you lost me there. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, there, there you go. That's another like way over my head. Yeah, uh, but there there goes another example where there are plenty of gay guys that are into sports, playing totally. rugby, mm-hmm. um, polo, uh, water polo, mm-hmm. w- whatever the case may be. There, there are many, and as we were talking about uh, before people in the society that can kind of blend in because they are mm-hmm. uh, active and there, in sports. And there and, are even people uh, within the LGBTQ, ABCD, this acronym gets bigger and bigger every day, <laughs> um, that, that, that don't partake in the gay scene, that don't, you know, that are kind of like far too superior for, for any of these labels. They're just guys that love guys. Some of them won't even call themselves gay. They have sex with men, but they're not gay. I, I think that what we want to do as a society is we want to feel comfortable and put everybody in a little box. And we want to put mm-hmm. them in smaller and smaller boxes all the time. Wait, wait Xander, what about the guys that want to have sex with men and are not gay? What do you call them? Um, confused. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they're confused? Well, I, I think I think that a lot of uh, men want to have sex with gay men, and if society were cool about it, they would be bragging about it just as they would about Nazis on the bedpost with the girls. But you see, this this societal thing, it, it, it's a lot to do with... You remember in the 80s, you know, there was a lot of talk about uh, trickle-down economics. Mm-hmm. Now, now, there is this tri- trickle-down hate and bad feeling about gay people, and I think it causes this, like, whirlwind of bad feeling about gay people, which makes individuals not want to come out and say, hey, I'm gay, you know. So it does, it does kind of, this kind of thing filters down uh, within uh, society. And, and it is concerning because I think that the only reason we should ever be concerned about someone's sexuality is if we're going to have sex with them. 100% correct. So what do you guys... Why else do we need to, to, to be concerned with it? What do you guys feel about bisexuals? Because obviously, if there's all these things on a spectrum, there's got to be bisexuality, correct? What do you guys well, feel about that? I think bisexuals are lazy, basically, and they should <laughs> take a side and stick with it. What if, like, I mean, I think, you know, you considered, Dr. R, you considered yourself 
bisexual can't you be attracted to both can't can't you appreciate both sexes and just say hey i i I really could be attracted to the person okay so that's a little tough because i did consider myself bisexual at one point but now i've definitely chosen the gay side i think bisexuality um i can't speak for them because i can't classify myself as a bisexual but um i'm I'm, on xander's side here it's you know you could probably pick one side or another and i think because in today's society because it is so awkwardly looked upon that you're gay people will not categorize themselves as gay they say about 10 percent of the population Mm -hmm. is gay so one out of 10 people may have experienced a gay uh experience mm. now but does that at, mean they're gay if they had a gay experience mm, mm, maybe I, there yeah. is a there is a school of thought that uh, the bisexuality um is just uh is just another word for that egyptian river denial um <laughs> and also this, this this ideology of of latent homosexuality because i i guess i don't know how old were you dr r when when you actually thought yeah i like guys you know you weren't like 15, you know, you said you were just about to get engaged or whatever. So could your bisexuality have actually been um, latent homosexuality? Correct. Correct. So did you, do you guys know anyone that's bisexual that's like claims to be? Not so much nowadays. When I lived in London, everyone claimed that they were bisexual in the 90s because it was a much cooler thing to say than, than you were gay. You see, over the past 30 years, you know, being gay is popular than it's unpopular than it's popular. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's like this, 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 like, roller coaster of trending, you know? It's a fad now. So, Xander, you're a bear. What do bears like? Or what do you like? What's your, what's your category of choice? Uh, well, I, you know, this is the thing. Just because I'm a bear and I like X, Y, and Z doesn't mean every bear will like Correct. X, Y, and Z. I think we we tend to want to generalize, which goes back to the societal need to put everybody in a box. I'm a bear, and I like younger guys, you know, like guys that are younger than me, and they tend not to be white, but that's just me. You know, it's like, what what food do you like, Marissa? You know, everything different to everybody else. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I know you had J.D. You had uh, some interesting points over the break. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, goodness. You know, Xander was talking about the societal pressures and it really uh, made me think of something. You know, with all of all of the animosity towards civil rights for the gay community, the thing that it makes me wonder is the people who are against equal rights for gays. Do they not think about their relationship with history or do they not have a sense of history? You know, there was a time when there were smart people who thought that women should not vote. There were smart people who thought that black people shouldn't sit at the same counter. Look at how we look back on those people now. Look at how history looks right. back on them. I mean, if we could Absolutely. go back and if we could go back in time, we would say, you know, there is not one good reason why a woman shouldn't vote. You know, there is not one good reason why a black person shouldn't drink from the same water fountain. And there is not one good reason today why a man shouldn't be able to marry another man or a woman shouldn't right. be able to marry another woman. So when I see people speaking out against civil rights for anybody, I think about their lack of a sense of history. Okay, right. well, thank yeah. you. That was very mm-hmm. insightful. I like it. We have an African-American president. Who knows if someday we may have a gay president? I know for a fact that there are a lot of uh, executives corporations and stuff that are closeted Mm. and Mm -hmm. um you know they're running businesses and 
they're of course in the closet. So, yeah, I, I anticipate a future in which they will not be looked upon with such scorn. Like you said, that can I ask nice. you a question? And I, I really, for the listeners out there that are a lot, of, we have a lot of women listeners who are dating men. Okay, this is like the majority of our listener base. They're going to kind of walk away from the show being like, oh, my God, is my husband gay? Is my boyfriend gay? And with what you're saying and the way you look, the way and what I'm hearing from our producer talking about his friend, who you can't even tell. And then you have the bears and the otters and the wood <laughs> and the woodchucks like how like like this. This could be scary for us women. Like, are we going to lose our men to another man? How tell us how we could tell if someone's gay? Like, it, what are the telltale signs? Give us some bullet points. Or you can't are, tell at all. There aren't any telltale signs. No. Um, you know, I, I, I think the That's fact is, is that it, it is. If I was a woman, I would probably be very scared. Okay. So, <laughs> well, so is there any solution here? Is there any? Well, we, we encourage our listeners of all kinds to talk it out with their with their partners, who, who yeah. whether they're men or women listeners in relationships with men or women or whatever. We encourage, right. we encourage them to talk about the things that they want to talk about. So I hope that yeah. they can ask their uh you know partner if they're gay i hope yeah but i mean that would risk a, a marriage you know if the guy was like oh yeah i mean we've been married for 25 years and now that you ask well sure put it on us put it on intuitate radio say hey yeah. i was listening to intuitate yeah, radio and there you uh, go. are you gay <laughs> yeah, well may not be gay but uh have some tendencies so mm. if they have tendencies is that all right could they still be married would that be fair it, it, well once again we were talking at the beginning here about yeah. cheating Right. You could have gay tendencies and not cheat on your wife because you love right. and you love your family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so maybe does that he's, make it maybe, okay? maybe he's thinking about uh, a guy when he's with her. Yeah, that might not be good for her, but you know, if he's not cheating on her, then mm -hmm. maybe it is acceptable. I don't know. What do you think Xander about about this? Well, I'm not sure whether it's actually possible for for someone to be gay and be uh, married to a woman and to abstain from any kind of encounters, whether you whether it's looking at pornography or actually having a a physical relationship with someone. Back in my murky past, I um, was involved with one of these ex-gay movements uh, in the UK, and and they had this ideology that that you could be you know pray the gay away. And, you know, I, I went along to these things because my religion had really kind of like clouded my head about who I was. And, you know, all of the people, well, I say all of the people, most of the people involved in that who were supposedly celibate and not having anything to do with people of the same sex were off doing it like nefariously. So I'm not sure what would stop someone who was a gay person and married to someone of the opposite sex from going off and doing these things okay. uh, illicitly. Yeah. Like. Well, I, I really appreciate We actually have to wrap up the show. We only have about a minute left. Um, I could go on and talk for another hour with all you yeah. guys. But Part I really two next week. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate uh, Dr. R coming on. Uh, Xander, uh, how can people get in touch with you, Xander? Um, you can check my website, www.xandergib.com. Everything about the show is on there. Um, my book is coming out uh, in the next month. And it's called The Boy from Beyond the Ice House, so buy that. Okay. <laughs> we will definitely buy that. So thank you so much, guys, and thank you to J.D. Franco for coming on. Oh, happy to be here. This was a great, great show. Yes. And Absolutely. we will, we will see you on Intuit 8 Radio. You won't want to miss next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.